live from the Kings County Distillery Studios in New York City, it's the Hospitality Hangout Podcast with the restaurant guy and the finance guy. We've got our whiskey on the rocks ready. It's 5 o'clock somewhere. And encourage you to share a pour with us at home. Are we allowed to uh, king me and add a little uh, Pepsi uh, to our Kings County? I, I guess... I guess it's not, do Jimbo. as you like. Yeah. Let's do Let's it. Do no, it. Uh, no judgment. You want to have the Kings County neat. You want to have it on the rocks. You want a splash of water. You want to mix it up with some Kings County. Well, I, love, I love my Kings County. I love it on the rocks, Jimmy. But I know I got to tell you, I've been adding a little, a little we'll diet Pepsi to mine because I'm watching my weight. And I got to tell you, I love it. Good I for love you. It. Good for you. And, uh, and again, when it comes to Kings County Pepsi, King me. If you know, you know. All right, listen, uh, I want to kick us off and welcome us, welcome you guys more formally, uh, and thank you for joining us at the Hospitality Hangout, a hospitality-focused podcast where the founders of Brandon Hospitality Ventures share their insights and bring technology and innovation leaders that are making things happen in the industry we love. My name is Jimmy Frischling, otherwise known as the finance guy. I'd like to introduce my partner, Mr. Michael Schatzberg, also known as the restaurant guy. And thank you for that kind and warm introduction, Jimmy. And to those listening, feel free to call me Shatsy. And together, we are the personalities behind branded strategic hospitality. We work at the intersection of hospitality, technology, innovation, capital, and, of course, emerging brands. And, Jimmy, speaking of emerging brands, you know what? We've been in the restaurant business a long time, Jimmy. I mean, you started as a bartender. I started as a bartender. And I'll tell you, there's one thing right now that is plaguing operators in the biz. You know what it is, Jimbo? Challenging ice, uh, different different shapes of ice cubes. Ice was number three. Ice, <laughs> ice is number three. three. Number ice, one yes. on the board is yes, uh, yes. is labor. Jimmy, labor, labor is still it's a challenge. It's a challenge. But Jimmy, what if I told you? Okay, what if I told you there is a report out there right now that showed you what all restaurants are paying their workers. So you have an understanding of all wages across all segments of the hospitality industry. What would you say about that? I'd say that sounds like it's very expensive. <laughs> expensive and really cool, right? And really cool, well, yes. <laughs> well, well, our work, our work, there's the Our Work QSR wage report, okay? Jimmy, it's free to answer your question. It's free. It like features data. It features data and insights or data. Data or data? I don't remember which one we're going data. with. 100,000 quick service jobs in over 900 zip codes, Jimmy, including the Upper East Side. 10021, is that you? That is me. By the way, Chatsy, I'm very impressed. Usually your your, your use of numbers is incredibly um, flawed, challenged, exaggerated, but you're correct on this one. This one you nailed. We have a really good guest on today, and I don't want to yes. exaggerate because he, he doesn't like that. He doesn't like that. But our work, it's it's – our work is really easy to use software, Jimmy, okay? And it can double your applicant flow and increase retention. This is key. By over 30%, Jimmy, Jimmy, 30% retention. 8,000 restaurants right now, Jimmy, are using our work. Do you know who's using our work? I'll I, give you one. I think, I think you're going to tell me. McDougal's. McDo- I love McDougal's. McDonald's. Even more than McDougal's. Domino's Pizza. I've heard of them. Well, listen, Jimmy, all I know is if you go to QSRWages.com, you will get this free report. Oh, and by the way, mention podcast, mention podcast, the code podcast, okay? Not only is it free. It's even more free. They'll pay, you. <laughs> they'll pay you to read it. But all seriousness, our work is recruiting and employee retainment and retention platform for restaurant operators. McDonald's uses if it's good enough for McDougal's, it's good enough for McDonald's. Jimmy, it's probably good enough for your restaurant. So I encourage, I implore all operators, go check out OurWork.com. Jimmy, Chico said they wouldn't sponsor us anymore. So you know what? We got our work. Jimmy, we got a great show. Let's go, baby. I love it, man. But you had me. Uh, I'm a man of a certain age. So you had me at increased flow. I, <laughs> I, I had to flow. <laughs> you had me at flow. All right, listen. Uh, we want to thank our friends at our work. Sincerely, doing great things for the industry, and we love being part of your community. All right, we are very excited for today's episode. Joining us today is our friend and a second time guest, Mr. Greg Majewski, CEO of Craveworthy Brands. I have to tell you, I love names. Shats, you know we love names. Craveworthy is a perfect name I for this company. Love it. I love it. And it's, you know, yes. it's a relatively new, if we remember last time we had Greg on, he was telling us about the whole rebranding. And I love it. I think it's just great because I think the old name was Mongolian, uh, 
a steakhouse or something. And I, I never, I didn't like that as much. I crave worthy as much. I love crave worthy. I think the word crave worthy. I to his face. I like crave worthy. I didn't like I like aliens steakhouse name. All right. Well, I, you know what we're going to talk about? I missed the first time Greg was on the show. So this is a little bit of my, we had to get Greg back because I was like, I was, I was feeling left out. I was, I would, I wanted to feel the love that I saw in the episode of where Greg and you did it, so I, here we are. But listen, before we bring Greg into the uh, into the episode, he's, he's gonna he's like, gonna kill me. He's gonna he's a big guy, by the way. He's gonna yeah, kill he's me. He's like, why why did I agree to do this a second time? But before we jump in, you know, we have to kick off Trivia Tuesday. Our podcast released on Tuesday. I'm not going to say the words Taco Tuesday because there's a whole lot of lawsuits and a whole lot of dancing yeah, going on. And I think you'd have to give, uh, you know, uh, some sort of recognition. You'd have to yeah. talk to Taco John before you say Taco Tuesday. I, I ain't messing with Taco John. The guy was smart enough to trademark Taco Tuesday. Respect Taco John. But listen, we've got our Trivia Tuesday. You all know how the game works. Shatsy's pretty darn good at this game, got to tell you. I'm going to share. I'm good at Jimmy. I'm going to share three facts um, I'm not sure it's actually three facts, but I'm going to say that there are three facts about our friend Greg. Two are true, and one is less than true, or not true, or or a lie. Um, a lie. A lie. It might be a lie, but three facts about our friend Greg. Two are true, one is false. Here we go. Fact one. Greg once hid in a dumpster, dodging from the police. I like that one. I hope that one's true, because that would be a good story. I can see him. I can see him. I, I don't know Greg that well, but I know him well enough to think that he could do that. All right, Greg, fact two, Greg flunked out of college. He's too He's too freaking smart. There's no possible way. Yeah, I, I'm he's challenged the word He's flunk. got like 500 restaurants with like 87 yeah. brands. The word flunk, I mean, could he have, could he have left college? Yeah, flunked out. I, I, we'll, we'll talk about it. And then fact three, fact three, Greg once ate a goldfish. I could see at college before he flunked out in a fraternity doing that. Could that be the reason he flunked out? By the yeah, way, isn't the goldfish? Isn't the goldfish? Just, wasn't flunked. I mean, he was thrown out. Isn't that really just like really rare sushi? Like, are we really? I mean, the goldfish. How tough? They put some rice and soy sauce, wasabi. How tough yeah. is that nowadays? All right. Anyway, you know, as I said, yeah, I, I agree. It's just sushi. It's really not a big deal. Just, all right. As I said, three facts: two are true, one's false. Greg once hit the dumpster dodging from the police. Greg flunked out of college. Greg once ate a goldfish. Stick around to the end of the episode the answers, Jimmy, to find out. Answers. All right, I can't wait. All right, stick around to the end if you want to hear the real story. All right, with no further ado, Greg, we're going to let you jump in finally. Take the lead. Give us a background on yourself. And, of course, please reintroduce or talk to our audience about Craveworthy Brands, my friend. So, well, first, thanks for having me for a second time. That's an honor. That's a lie. Um, That's a lie. <laughs> even though I will say the being a, on the B list twice was like, uh, you never want to be on the B list. You know, <laughs> I, I'm an A player. Oh, you're an A player. In all you know, it's the, true. B-list, the B list is ahead of the A list, baby. Yes, I got to tell you, when it comes to branded B list, oh, the A list wishes. They were on the B list, baby. I get called from Stallone. So I was like, why can't I be on the on the B list? And I'm like, you're barely on the B list as an actor. How can you make it to the B list or B list? But I digress. But again, thanks for having me. It's you know, you guys are friends, so anything, anytime, you know that. Um, so a little bit about me, where I started. Um, started with a company called Jimmy John's, as we went through in the past. Grew that company from 30 restaurants to 300 uh, open and 700 sold by the time I left. Um, did consulting and other work for other major restaurant brands for numerous of years, but my own Jimmy John sort of group and finally decided about five years ago that I was going to get back into it after some of my old employees sat me down and said that you're not doing what you should be doing because your job was to create talent and help these people get opportunities that they never had. And so they gave me a coaching tree. And of all of my managers and all the people that I ever helped or worked with and all that and all the great companies that they were at. And they said, this is what you're supposed to be doing. And he goes, you don't need to continue to do, you don't need the money, you, but this is what you're passionate about. Help grow and build this talent. And I sat there for a minute and I looked at my wife and sort of had the conversation. I'm like, it's time for me to do this again. So I then started looking for opportunities to start building uh, a platform company. Uh, so the first purchase was Mongolian Concepts, uh, which was Flat Top Grill, BD's Mongolian, and Genghis Grill, and took a small equity piece with an option to buy the rest. 
these three store companies had been in the complete dumpster, to use a better word, and had not sold the restaurant, had not had positive comps, had not seen transactions increase since 2011. Uh, Beatty's and Flattop have been through multiple bankruptcies, and Genghis Grill acquired them in 2017. And I'm like, hey, this is a perfect opportunity. I like the idea of the customization of the bowls. I like the fact that that's a hot component right now and that we can fix this. Um, as of last year, so 18 months in, we announced that we sold 24 franchises for the first time since 2011. Hadn't sold the store since that point. Hadn't had positive comps since 2015. Haven't had seen a positive sales increase or transaction count since 2011 either. And all three brands are positive in all of those. And we do it by what we always do. Create perfect food, crave-worthy food, in a fast system-wise presence in your restaurant. So systems and procedures have to be key. And building a culture where your people believe in what you're doing so they'll do whatever you're asking. And at that point, I started acquiring other brands on the down low because I didn't want people to know what I was doing. And in January, we announced the formation of Craveworthy with the emerging brands that I've uh, acquired over the past couple of years. Those were Budlong, Crafted, Wing It On, and Lucky Cat Pokey Company made Craveworthy. And then in April, we announced that we acquired, I exercised the option to acquire the rest of Mongolian concepts. All right, Greg, listen, I got to cut you off because you're going to kill the entire podcast because we're going to have nothing to talk about because you just told everything about you we've got questions here we've got what things we want to know Bef- thanks for joining us for this episode of the- <laughs> i'm done there's nothing else to say this is great we'll see you we'll see you a little uh all still- five minutes no, yeah, but before we, do, we got a lot to get into because you're doing a lot of crazy things but before we go forward and talk about where where you are now and where you're going because god knows you're going places we have to take a step back and first i like to dig into I want to know who Greg is. Our guests want to know who Greg is. Here it like, comes, Greg. Greg. Here it comes. I mean, no, because you were Jimmy Johns. You were CEO, CFO, COO. You took it from like, you know, three stores to like 700 stores. There it goes with the math. There's like the math. 10,000 <laughs> franchises you sold. Yeah, Something, math. You, were, you were like the franchise seller of the year. You were honored by IFA and all the other different uh, uh, places. You were, but, but in 1990, take us back to 1990. You were in high school. You were young. You didn't know what to do. What do you want to do with your life? How did you go from Jimmy John's to now creating Craveworthy with hundreds of brands and growing like crazy? Where did it all start? Were you passionate about hospitality? Talk to Greg, us. Greg, this is Shatsy's Fraser Crane moment. Shatsy's uh, listening. Buck 50 an so, hour. I take all insurances, Greg. <laughs> so I grew up in an entrepreneur family, and my dad was not home when I was growing up, and he would always come in and leave early and come in late and then at a point in our life what kind of business was your was your pop in so he owns a manufacturing company so it does parts for caterpillar gm so basically a first an oem for major auto companies and stuff like that um so as he was building his company and i was i was little he wasn't home um and so i remember him you know, coming home, eating dinner with us, and then going back to work because he at least wanted to have dinner with the family. Um, and I remember how hard he worked. And my uncle, who lived next door to us, was the same way. He was always working and always talked about how important it was to take care of your family. And that and seeing him do that over the years is what sort of built my culture of hard work and wanting to lead by example. Um, my dad would always take the hardest job. And would always go in, and if a machine was down or if he needed to get a part down, he'd run the machine. And for hours and hours, and I remember seeing him do it while I was in high school. And that sort of led me to know that if you wanted to be successful, you had to you had to do the shitty jobs. You had to do the jobs that no one else wanted to do, and you actually had to do what you asked other people to do. And that's that's where my work ethic and my culture started. Um, Jimmy, that and, was cast gold, by the way. Gold, Jerry, gold. It was. It was actually, it was I, I, I dig it. You I know another guy who always had the shittiest jobs in the restaurant? This guy. Dishwasher yeah, I mean, was in there. Shatsy was a dishwasher. Fry guy didn't show up. Shatsy was the fry guy. <laughs> yeah, I think a lot of people don't realize that when you have the roles, Greg, that you that you have uh, and have had, and Shatsy you as well, uh, there is no one thing you do. And typically it's when something's not going well or does, isn't working or someone doesn't show up. Hello, Laverne. Hello, Cheryl. Roll up your sleeves. Those sleeves. Let's, let's go. 
I uh, I completely get it, Greg. As I mentioned at the top of the uh, the top of the show, this is your second appearance. We were lucky to have you uh, on our on the road edition of uh, the Hospitality Hangout uh, when you were a guest at the Restaurant Franchising and Innovation Summit this past March. I unfortunately missed that show for. Uh, I think I was on injured reserve with a surgery issue recovering from. I think, uh, I, Sylvie had a, I think Sylvie had a talent show. She has a talent show once a week. She does a lot of talent shows. And I will miss <laughs> I will miss any conference to make sure I see that. 60-year-old talent shows. You notice that? A lot of talent shows. Those 90-second moments. Yeah. As Greg said, his dad was home for dinner. I'm not missing talent shows. But I missed that show. So my FOMO, as I said, was one of the reasons I wanted to have you back. But kidding aside, you – um. You talked a little bit about uh, Craveworthy and introduced what you're doing. And as you were describing it, I was thinking about Al Pacino and The Godfather 3, which, by the way, compared to 1 and 2, yeah, it's not a great movie. Godfather yeah, you, 3. You like that movie. You always, you always like that movie. I, it's almost like you yeah. invested in that movie or something because you're always like, oh, I just, bad. I, I, just feel, I, think it's, I think it's a good movie. I just think it, when it gets compared to 1 and 2, it, it, it fails. But, but in Godfather 3, Pacino famously said he thought, he thought he was out and they brought him back in. And I think what I heard you describing is your your team, your your the people you mentored, the people you created these opportunities for. They said, "Let's get you come back to what where your heart and your head." Um, and now we're you know we're we're just finished. We're in the, we just started uh we're in the second half of twenty three. So I guess my macro question is, um, with with the first six months behind us, how is the year going for Craveworthy? I think there's a lot of momentum that you've created and that's with grit and hard work and good people but how's the year going for Craveworthy halfway through 23 so i mean to say that we started uh the formation was january to be where we are now is unheard of i mean ridiculous we, it's ridiculous say it it's ridiculous so ridiculous yeah <laughs> it's pretty damn awesome um i mean we have seven announced brands under the portfolio we have four brands that we haven't announced yet that we'll be announcing slowly, so we'll be at eleven brands before the Jim, end of we'll, summer. We'll pull that out. We'll pull that out of them today on the on the podcast. You'll see. Oh, it's come. We got. It. I can see. So, he's gonna, yeah, Greg's gonna break. Uh-huh. He's gonna give us. He's gonna, we're gonna break some news, baby. Oh yeah. So, um, and we're building a team that rivals everything in the industry. So, and that's the most exciting part. Um, what I believe in is that if you want to do great things in any industry, you have to have a great team. And so the first six, seven months or the first three years that I've been sort of building this behind the scenes, we've been all about building the team. And in the last couple of weeks, we've had two incredible new hires and we have a, another incredible advisory member that's coming on board. That, Who's that? You know, Who's gonna, that? So uh, I am can say, and I will say this one, you Ooh. guys will get this first, is that Greg Creed has agreed to take an advisory seat and an advisory board member with Craig Worthy. His first oh. advisory spot. Mm-hmm. That's breaking with the rest exactly. of the that's breaking news. Go for it, Chatsy. We yeah, Greg, that's, you just Chatsy, you there. just thanks to your that pulling is. out that information from Mr. Majewski here, you got breaking news, Chats. I should I should be in like sixty minutes or something, like an investigative <laughs> reporter. I mean, honestly, I get stuff out of people. It's amazing. Well, that's great. So, Congratulations, to Mr. Creed, joining uh joining your advisory board. That's awesome. Yeah, so I mean knowing that and knowing that people like that see what we're doing and that we're doing it right is exciting for us and his whole philosophy is the same as mine it's building culture building teams and leading by example and really doing it the right way and he saw that that's what we do and wanted to be a part of it and then we had uh, jeremy from the you know, old chief development officer from fat brands took a job two weeks ago he's now my partner um and uh, had dinner with him a few times with you guys yep great hire and also, and fat then, brands. I mean, you, you're getting, like you said, you're getting top talents. You are definitely positioning yourselves to. Uh, I mean, if if the six, the first half of 23 is any indication, I mean, I don't know what you guys are going to do in 24. But let me ask you something. Right now, in, in in my opinion, I think the hottest segment of the restaurant space right now, in my opinion, is uh, emerging brands. I think. Um, you just I, I think the 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 taste profile of the consumer has changed so much uh, that now I think there's such an opportunity for all different types of foods today, more so than ever before. I mean, it was it was very, very basic. It was, you know, it was pizza and burgers, pizza and burgers for the most part. And today it's like so many different types of food. So I think emerging brands have really been able to um, to capitalize on on the different um wants and needs of, of, of the consumer. Um, you guys launched a two brands, Crafted Burger Bar and, and Tap, and you got Lucky Cat uh, Pokey Company. You acquired Wing It On. 
and and the Bud Long. What's the strategy for adding brands as you grow Craveworthy? How do you find concepts to fill white space? Do you create your own concepts? Are you just looking for other brands with two or three units? Like, talk to me about that because you've added like you have seven brands now, right? Yep, seven announced. Oh, four in the hopper. So get like who are the four? Not gonna tell you. Good try. You got your one breaking. And also know that everything I'm giving is I'm very good. I'm only giving you what I want to give. That's Damn true. It. Yeah. Damn Jesse, you, yeah. <laughs> Jimmy. Jesse, you, so, you, uh, Greg might have but not Greg taught you everything that he wants you to know. But he, he didn't taught you everything he knows. But so we so you four more coming and, and that'll be announced and you'll probably come on the podcast to announce it because that's what you like to do. But seriously, so like, how do you come so, up with the ideas or are you just looking for interesting brands? And what's the strategy? So I believe, and it was something that we believed at Jimmy John's, and it goes back to that point. There, If there's a giant in the industry, there's always room to have a number two. And if you can be number two in any segment, you can be pretty damn successful. So I agree with that. The, the brands that I look at and the brands that I want is I want to have white space or somebody that has already taught the consumer what this food is. So I don't have to be the education component of it. But there's a runway then to sort of either outpace them or be that number two and let them do all the hard work on building what that food profile is and us just doing it better. So I'll knock Subway. Subway was not good. And Jimmy John's was badass. So we were able to take a component and be a better sandwich for them and then add delivery and destroy them. They could never hit our AUVs. AUVs. We're doing the same thing now with the brands that we look at. If there's somebody out there that's ahead of us, that's great. Let them be the leader. Let them get the press for a little bit. Let them have the fun. They're just setting us up so our better product and our better service and our better operations can come up behind and make more and have the higher AUVs and everything else because our product's better and crave-worthy. And so those are the areas that we're looking for. And then we're looking for segments that are under service. So the only concept, the only out of my group that I can say I am the leader in is Gingus. There's no competitor in that segment for us. We're the leader. It's a completely different position. In that one, we have to be completely brash. We have to go out there and sort of educate everybody and teach everybody what we are. And we have to be a lot more cocky with it. In the did emerging you, brand. Did you find, as you talk about your strategy, did you find that with Gangas, because your strategy now is you're saying, I don't want to be the leader, but with Gangas, you are. Do you find that that's harder to do? And now I don't want to do that anymore. I'd rather kind of be number two and it's and nothing's easy but it's an easier place to be number two than be the leader and that's more challenging is that kind of part of your strategy or i mean the the difference with genius was nobody was doing it so chipotle started customization but no one did cook to order of that nature and stuff like Mm -hmm. that so if we can find a brand that has that potential of course we want to be that but most of the things uh, restaurant industry is not new so there's always somebody doing something i think moses opened the first restaurant (laughs) <laughs> probably <laughs> i just like but, i just like the uh, 15 commandment oh, i mean these 10 commandments. Yeah, exactly <laughs> exactly no that's that's really it's very very cool very interesting stuff and then ethnic food is of course going to be the next great thing so yeah. there's a lot of emerging ethnic foods out there so one of the brands that we'll be bringing in is indian and you know it's getting a brand closer that I, jimmy it's a See brand that, that i help <laughs> create a couple years ago so it's been in my wheelhouse that just never announced that it was one of my concepts indian um, food by the way it's funny you mentioned that we were talking to uh, to a friend who's uh you know a, a leader in the franchise space and we were talking about indian food and I, th- I think i just read an article and posted an article i don't know it was in forbes or entrepreneur indian food is super hot and it is usually mm-hmm. just in kind of a few big cities where there was a, a large indian population but again it's now becoming mainstream, and you know, Jimmy and I are here in, in New York City. I mean, there are fast, casual Indian restaurants all over now, and there used to be just a little Indian neighborhood, so to speak. And now you go to other cities, and they're all over. So people are digging Indian food everywhere now. Without a doubt. And if you can make it Americanized enough where you don't alienate the majority of the population that comes in to eat, you can have something special. That's the person who goes in a restaurant that doesn't like Indian food. They want a cheeseburger. (laughs) Correct. You know, so the brands that we look at have to be able to cross all segments. So cutty rolls are a great example. So all that is is a taco. 
I mean, it really is. That's what it is. And so if you can find a way and figure out a way to make that popular, which there's a great company in New York that obviously does that, but they've never been able to get out of it because they still went too far. So the concept that we're acquiring or the concept that I developed years ago is those type of things, but with enough American in it that it doesn't overpower you. So leveling down some of the spices that people get so put off by and then slowly adding them back in once you train the customer base. Yeah, Jimmy spent some yes, time in Korea and soda. And that kimchi, that kimchi can be that can, that can be brutal on the American palate. Yeah, but it's so yeah, good. Say, I, it is so good. I was going to say I was in uh, I was in Tokyo, Japan, and I asked for a Philly roll, and they didn't know what the hell I was talking about. I was like, smoked yeah. salmon, cream cheese. What do you <laughs> wait? What, you don't you don't have a Philly roll? Um, you know, I go to Hong Kong. I asked for. <laughs> I asked for beef and broccoli. They're like, what are, what are you doing? What are you talking about? General Chow's <laughs> Anyway, you're right. The Americanization of these foods is an important factoid. I actually really like what you were sharing, Greg. Um, and and Chats, while, uh, while you were talking uh, earlier, I, I got a text from Andrew Smith who feels that you've shunned. He's working on some cult-like stuff as well. So be careful. Andrew's a big man. Don't piss off the big guy. He, he thought you were – you said no one's doing things like great. Ah, you know, Andrew's working hard too. Let's give a shout-out to our friends over at Savory. Listen, our listeners know um, that I'm the finance guy here, but I ent- actually entered the workforce um, through hospitality from busboy, barback, waiter, and bartender. Um, that was really the starting point of, of my career. Um, I took a break from the industry, um, but it was certainly, um, you know, foreshadowing where I am today. Um, I strongly believe this industry um, builds character. Uh, there's grit, there's teamwork, um, and that these skills um, really are transferable um, to others and, and really to, to any industry, um, and, it, and it really leads to great career paths. Um, I love that the platform you're building, and you talked about the importance of human capital. You talked about, you know, the muscle, the power that you're bringing. Um, you really want to create, you know, opportunities, um, you know, for, 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 you know, for, for, you know, new talent entering the workforce. Um, but you also focus, you know, on, on, on the mission to partner with incredible franchise partners um, and to help them achieve an American dream. Um, so can you share a little bit more about how you look at the franchise partner in addition to the talent you're developing and trying to lift up? So I look at it basically the same way. They're my partner. So when you sell a franchise to somebody, they're your customer. And it's your job as a franchisor to go above and beyond to make them successful. And so that is having the best training programs, having the best systems, having your staff actually in their restaurants. Most of the time, franchisors will send somebody in once or twice a year and come in and say, here's your score. Boom, boom, boom. This is what we're doing. And, you know, out the door. I believe in having an actual coach and being in there and where we're their partner. So let's go through your financial statements. Let's go through your cost of goods. Let's go through your labor matrices. How can we improve you? And then when we make a decision, we have to know how it affects our franchisor, not just our franchisees, not just me. So I can make any decision. I can sign a great contract and, yo, yeah, I did great. But if it doesn't have the effect of increasing the bottom line of my franchisee, that's a bad deal. And if my franchisees don't make money, they're not going to sign up for store two, three, four, five, six, or tell their friends down the street. Oh, yeah, oh my God, these say, guys are awesome. Your, your, your best advertisers are your current franchise operators. If they're making money yes. and, and rave about you as an operator, then they're going to be like, oh, yeah, I'll take a territory and I'll sign on. Correct. And so our whole mantra and what we did at Jimmy John's was make our franchisees win. So we did stupid things. Hey, if you could increase your sales $100,000 – your royalty on that $100,000 next year was free. I mean, so just to try to get them excited and built into the culture, and why not do that? Because if you're building a brand, you want them working so hard for you because it's your brand, and they're now your partner, so you want them to be successful. Why not give them certain things to help them be that? Um, And we grew AUVs continually because our franchisees were hungry. Yeah, I, I got to tell you, I love it. I love it. Let's change gears real quick. You know, look, at, at Branded, you know, we, we, we do a lot of investing in the, in the technology space, in, in hospitality. Uh, so let's just talk, talk a little about technology, tech stack. You're, you're taking um, seven brands. You're adding four more. We know it's an Indian concept. We don't know the other ones. We have our ideas. We'll go down a list and we'll try and grab it out of you. But it's, it's going to – you'll have 11 brands. 
um, a lot of times when you acquire different brands, they have different point of sale systems. They have different loyalty. They have different, they have different tech stack. What are you doing a to, to, are you trying to um, unify and say, look, we're all going to try and have the same tech stack or is it no, you know, this brand, this works best for this, this brand, like talk to me about how you're going to build your tech stack and, and how you're thinking about that as you continue to grow and acquire brands. So we know that we have a platform of what we have to have. So for example, every brand that we acquire goes to restaurant 365. That is our data platform. It is our back of the house. It is that. So everyone goes to that. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about that. POS will slowly integrate to. We can work with any of them. We prefer Toast. Um, and then it's what do they have and then slowly get them to the best components that work for that brand. Now, we believe that the best tech companies are still going to be the best tech companies. So, for example, we are Punch right now um, on the loyalty side. And we have Ovation uh, on the customer side. We have Incentivio, one of our users for loyalty right now. And they're all great companies. And so as we use them and as we grow, we'll find, we'll work with what's there, but they have to be able to have the same use factor. So we know what we want, but if the other ones have a contract and all that, we'll learn that system because everyone has great vendors and they're all great systems, but eventually everyone will flow into one system because it's easy to train. Um, makes perfect sense. Yeah. I, I just remember back in the day in our restaurants, we, we recently, right, right during the pandemic, we switched all of our restaurants at the time it was 19 all to a single, uh, point of sale platform. But we had had, uh, up until that point, like six different ones. And some of it was, you, know, you got, you got a lease at a restaurant, you got a lease and there, it was an existing restaurant. They closed and they left the point of sale there. And you're like, Oh, look, there's an old posi touch. I'll use it. It's fine. I just saved 50 grand, you know? <laughs> and then, and then, and then, like you said, then you're training and Jimmy's a bartender at one store. You're like, Hey Jimmy, I need you over at, at, at a different restaurant. And then he goes there and it's like a different point. Of sale. He's like, I don't know what to do here. You know? So yeah, <laughs> it, it is, it is, it is easier on the training for sure. And it allows you to cross-utilize your above store. So the whole thing about Craveworthy is is that our platform, our above store personnel are cross-brand trained on all brands. So I have to have the simplicity of the systems in place so they can do their jobs effectively. Yeah, it makes perfect sense. Awesome. Awesome. And I'd love to shout out to some of our friends in the industry and two of our Portcos, uh, both Incentivio and, uh, and Ovation. I paid Greg to say that, by the way. Uh, I'm, a, I'm yes. a little biased on Ovation, too, because I did the investment with them as well. That's, That's right. Disclaimer. Right. Right. We just saw Disclaimer. the big, big, big... Yes. 100% of the people on this podcast are invested in uh, with Mr. Zach Oates and Ovation. There's our disclaimer. Uh, but we do love that company and the importance of, the, of guest feedback. Um, so that's awesome. Listen, um, I recently heard you say you have a goal of reaching, and I'm going to use my pinky, $1 billion in sales in five years. Um, that's right. Greg's goal with Craveworthy is to reach a billion in sales in five years. And let me also state that that you have a standing invitation, Greg, that um, come, you, as soon as that number is hit, you can come on back and we're going we're gonna to raise a glass of, of Kings County uh, to you uh, after you reach that goal. And I have no doubt you're going to hit that number and surpass it. And I'll take the under, I, I'm not under a billion. I'm going to take the under five years, um, put more pressure on you. But my question I, is, I'll bet is, you Greg is at a billion in sales before the end of 23. Jimmy, I said it. Uh, I'm, I'm going to take the over your bet, uh, but I'm going to take the under too. five. Yes, yes. But I think the under five, the over Shatsy's bet. Come on, Greg. Um, well, how you you, man, how could you not? You're betting against yourself? Yes. <laughs> that one, yes. No, no, he, 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 yes he's, a, he, he's, he's an optimist, but he's a realistic one. Um, all right. But what will you lean on most to achieve this this goal? And is it going to be the people you team up with? Is it going to be the tech stack? Is it going to be the customers? Is it going to be, I expect, maybe some combination of all the above. But when, you, when you're when you standing up to accept the award that we're going to present to you at the branded, at the branded honors, Shatsy, there's a new idea for us, the branded honors, the movers and shakers, who are you thanking in your accepting speech besides Shatsy? I mean, you're going to be, again, for us to do what we want to do, it's going to be our franchisees. And our I franchisees see. are what's going to get us to that point. And the way we do that is buying best in class. And so by finding the best in class and the franchisees that are hungry to grow, those are the people that are going to get us to that point. Um, and 
they're going to be pushing hard because I want to take people that have never had the opportunity before. Same thing we've done everywhere else. So as great as the big multi-unit guys are, the best operators for emerging brands are the ones that get in at the beginning and start growing fast because they want to build their entrepreneurial spirit. And those are going to be the ones that get us to that point. And it will happen. And again, we set the billion dollar goal in five years as a lofty expectation. But if you don't dream big, you never achieve big. And so that's sort of been our marching orders from the beginning in my life is that you always have to have bigger dreams than what anyone can ever think you can do. Because if you dream on things you can actually achieve easily, there's no point in dreaming. I like it. Yeah. Shoot for I'm the writing stars that down, and Jimmy, and I might, well be, I might use yeah. that line and, uh, and I might footnote Greg on that. <laughs> yeah, you, you might, you might, you might butcher it. You yeah. shoot for stars, you can get treetops um, or somewhere uh-huh. in between. I like it. Uh, listen, um, I'm going to shift gears a little bit. Shatsy and I, we uh, we started this podcast. We enjoy having industry leaders um, come on the show, and we like chatting a little bit, as you know. And I like writing long emails, as you guys uh, regrettably know. Uh, but we also learned along the way that sometimes our guest has a question for us. So let's kick off talking back, uh, Greg. We're going to let you take the microphone and ask us a question or two. As I like to say, nothing is off the table. And Greg, the microphone, my friend, is yours. So let's start with. Shetsy, so how are you in a studio, but you look like you're in your home? Yes, yes. You know, thank you, Greg, for bringing that up. I think um, we might have to do some uh, Hollywood magic there and change the backdrop. I didn't know how to change the background here. But, yes, I am out at our Long Island offices right now. So technically, Uh, this is an office, and it is – I'd like to call this our Long Island studios. So, uh, uh, question. Uh, Yes. But the bigger one is – so you're still in the restaurant business. Why? What what attracts you to this business that actually wants to keep you going day in and day out? Because the people that do it, we're all nuts. We know this. So what makes what's yes. your thing that makes you nuts about it? I, I I yeah, it's a great question. I I love the hospitality business. I love the restaurant business. You know, our office on Park South is on the eighth floor. Sorry, fourth floor. We moved from the eighth floor. <laughs> we're on the fourth floor. We've got three of our restaurants downstairs, and I got to tell you. It is uh, every day uh, Jimmy and I spend time in in the restaurants, uh, whether it's having lunch, whether it's just grabbing a cocktail, whether it's um, you know meeting with the managers or chefs, whatever. But I just love it. I love the energy. I love the people. I love the camaraderie. I love everything about it. So the idea that we've created at Branded was taking everything we love about the restaurant business, continuing to build on the restaurant business and what we love about it, but then adding other components to it like the technology uh, uh, sector and the, you know, the innovation, the robotics, the automation, all these things that are coming down the pipeline. It's an industry that has always been very slow to embrace tech. Um, you know, and, and we've been fortunate uh, because we've been around a long time. We've seen a lot. And, um, and I just love that, that intersection. So I just think that we were in the early innings of this, of the, like you said earlier, restaurants have been around a long, long time. Technology innovation within the restaurant space that hasn't been around a long time. So I just I just love doing what I've always been passionate about, which was food and beverage, creating menus, seeing people happy, enjoying it, and now bringing in this tech and innovation to help operators not just survive but thrive. I like to call this, uh, you know, it's the it's the next stage of uh, of of the restaurant hospitality industry now. You know, so I love it, and I, I'd have it no other way. So. I am nuts, and like you said, I, to be in the restaurant busy, I'd be a little bit nuts, and uh, and I love it, and I and I, I don't we don't plan on changing anytime soon. We've got three new restaurants in the hopper right now. So with the tech stack follow up, do you think restaurants adapt too fast right now to every new shiny thing that's being presented to them? No, I think it's a mixed bag. I think there's there's folks like myself who who will try anything because I don't know if it's good or works or doesn't. If, if you don't try it, or at least if I find something really interesting, I would call you and say, Greg, what do you think? And then maybe you'd try it or, or see if it, it's a, a good fit. But you have to test things and try things or you don't know. But I think there's a whole segment of the industry that is a follower. They're going to be like, look, you know, Greg, you test it out. You see how it goes. And when it's great and terrific and it's super duper and they got all the kinks worked out, let me know because I don't have any time to do that right now. And then there's the big enterprise folks that are just like, you know, they're not going to they're not going to pilot or beta test some new technology because it's just it's 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 too risky for them. 
you know, so I, I don't think so. I think there's a there's a segment of the the, the 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 testers and the triers, you know, and then there's a bigger segment of the followers, you know, and I think um, it, it's it's cool. I like it. And I agree. And I'm a follower on some things, too. I mean, you have to be. So what Wild Bow's doing with NFTs, I'm sitting back and watching. Jeff is pushing that, as we all know, to a point that I think may be too far. But I'm cheering him on because if it works, then I'm going to get on that and follow him to that one. I, you know, I, I agree. Think- I agree. With I love what he's doing on NFTs. I, I for me, I don't I don't have a, a need for it right now, but uh, it, it's interesting to watch. And I love I love what Jeff's doing over there. I agree. All right. You so now Jimmy's turn. I'd like, oh, sorry. Go ahead, Greg. Oh, go ahead. I was going to comment on chatsies, but I'll, I'll stay in listen mode, my friend. So you're like me. You're a finance number guy that gets into the accounting industry or gets into the restaurant industry. We both grew up in it. We both worked through it in college. Mm-hmm. What attracts you? What makes a number person a good restaurant guy? Fantastic question. Um, one of the things that I love about my role and about this industry that I think is truly unique, I'll refer to it as high touch, but, but more specifically, I can't think of many other industries where the manufacturing side of the industry and the retail side of the industry are separated by maybe a wall and sometimes not even a wall. And the, your customer is your, our guest is experiencing this industry in real time, high touch. And if something comes out of the manufacturing facility, which essentially is the kitchen, we have to address it and deal with it live in real time. And and we're in the store with them. As a numbers person, I find that to be, this is the most unique asset class I've ever seen. Because those are things that you could model out, you could, you, could, you could project, you could do scenario analysis, we could invest in a restaurant, we could invest in any number of things, we could bring in all the right talent. But if something goes wrong, the check is slow to return. If there was that mistake at the very end, if maybe the server you know, in a full-serve restaurant, which we own, was having a bad day or he or she broke up with their significant other, the entire experience could be impacted by any small factoid. And I find that to be incredibly um, interesting from somebody who's looking at financials and looking at numbers and realizing there's these extraneous factors that could impact the very experience the guest is having. And I think there's no other industry that's like it. And and while that sounds like I'm, I'm exposing a challenge to what I do in this industry and the industry itself or the way I look at it, I find that dichotomy to be incredibly fascinating of as much as you want to predict and project and 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 think you have an exact science, I think the expression is, um, you know, man makes plans and God laughs. Um, I could do all the assessment I want. The reality is going to be what happens on that floor. And again, to the listeners, I ask you: think of an industry with a manufacturing facility and that retail that that what's coming out of the kitchen in real time you are experiencing, and the people around you who made it, who are serving you, who are running the show, they're all there in the kitchen. They're all there in the restaurant together. I think that's incredibly unique, uh, unlike any industry I've ever seen. I love it. And those were some incredible questions. But, Jimmy, I got to tell you, I'm just getting a little – our producer's on the line saying, it's time for the food service feud. That's right. We got to get into the feud. And, by the way, we are about to do the food service feud celebrity edition. It's no secret that many celebrities got their start in hospitality. Jimmy, you were an example of a celebrity who started in hospitality, ah. and now look at you. At some point in time, some manager, a GM, even Greg himself, he saw something special in these celebrities before they were famous, and he, they hired them over somebody else. And are you guys ready for a little food service feud celebrity edition? Let's play the feud. Do it. Oh, I'm so excited, guys. Listen, we go on LinkedIn every week. We have a poll question. <laughs> we ask over, over 100 million people on LinkedIn this question. People, the top answers are on the board. Are you ready? Get your ready. imaginary buzzer. Which celebrity got their start working in food service in Chicago before starting a career in acting? Go. You're not going to give us hints? You're not going to give us choices? Is it? Is it? Sorry. Is it Oprah Winfrey, Bill Murray, Vince Vaughn, or Tina Fey? Now go. (laughs) I'm going to have to guess Bill Murray. 
Bill Murray is ingrained. Jimmy, you can steal and win something big. So my, my, my favorite one in that list, I have to say, is Vince Vaughn. But I'm going Oprah. And I got to tell you, Jimbo, you oh. always go with your instincts, your first instincts. Oh. It was Mr. Vince Vaughn. He worked at the oh. iconic Gibson Steakhouse. Gibson Steakhouse. And just a little FYI, just imagine if Vince Vaughn had used our work. If he used our work, <laughs> he may have never gone to be a wedding crasher, Jimbo. He may still be at Gibson's Maybe. right now. So I just Maybe want to do a, a swinger. Hourwork.com. Jimbo, let's get on to Tuesday trivia. All right. Everyone remember at the top of the show, I gave you three facts about our friend Greg. Two were true. One was false. Here we are again. Fact one, Greg once hid in a dumpster hiding from the police. Fact two, Greg flunked out of college. Fact three, Greg once ate a goldfish. Shatsy, go for it, man. Come on, you got a record. Really, these are, I don't think these are that difficult, okay? Greg ate a goldfish. Yeah, that's not even that big of a deal. Like you said, it's like eating a piece of sushi. I mean, big deal. He ate uh-huh. a goldfish. And yeah. Well, I, hold on, Jazz. Have you, have you, hold on. Have you eaten a goldfish, Shatsy? No. Live. Like, yeah. Live goldfish. Live, live, yeah. live goldfish. I, by the way, I haven't eaten a goldfish. You ate a goldfish? See, no. So neither of us ate goldfish. And Greg's excited, so we know that he did that. He ate a live goldfish. Okay. He didn't fall out of college. And, and yes, he hid in a dumpster, hiding from the police, probably, uh, I don't know, I, like he was in the back, like smoking a, smoking a joint or something. And easy, they easy, me. easy. All right. <laughs> He's not a public company yet, right? <laughs> All right. Easy. All right. So you're going with he hid in the dumpster and you're going, he once ate a goldfish and you're saying Greg did not flunk out of college. All right, Greg, tell us what you got. So I did hide in the dumpster for over four hours. <laughs> Because you want to know why, huh? Don't even want to know why. Fake ID. I want to know why. Fake ID, and I accidentally hit the guy, and both did. He he accidentally. I love the accidentally. I I accidentally threw a fist, and somehow the guy's the guy's jaw accidentally got in front of my fist. But I respect four hours in a dumpster. I like that. And by the way. By the way, the statute of limitations on that offense have long long expired. Long gone, baby. Long gone. Mr. Joe so. Smith or Jane Doe, whoever Greg hit, he, he, I'm not sure he apologizes. But you know what? He ain't going to pay for it now. All right. What's the second one? So second one, one I, I did not flunk out of college. I came close and was flunking out. And I had to go and have the board meeting with the president and basically had to tell them, hey, I made a mistake. I didn't read the syllabus. I didn't know that attendance was a grade point after so many things. But don't blame me. I got all A's on the test. And so I could get A's, never go to class. Why are you going to throw me out? Give me a second chance. So I, my, after my freshman year, I had a 0.6 GPA. So as 0. bad 6. as it could be, but I did get to stay in. Yes. I knew the word and flunk. Then, I, I saw the word flunk. Yeah. And the goldfish? Oh, God, yes. Through the beer bong. Still, uh, you know, still, still eating them, Jimmy. Still eating them. So again, Jimbo, I got to tell you, I'm crushing on this. So I learned good. today that Greg was on Greg was on double secret probation for his GPA after his freshman yeah, year bad. and rallied back. And look, kids, stay in school or or, or not, whatever you want to do. Um, and and look, you too could become uh, the CEO and founder of a company that I'm telling you we're going to be reading about. And when actually when Greg goes public or or, or or sells it, we will be celebrating with Kings County. All right, Shatsy, love, I think we're done. Listen. I think we're either done or maybe, just maybe, we there's one speed this up. Left. He's, got to go buy, he's got to go buy four brands, Jimmy, so it doesn't have a lot of time. But i got to tell you, yes. it would not be a podcast about the brand of Quickfire. It's arguably the greatest segment of all time. Uh, this is according to the latest uh, numbers that just came out. I'm getting it in my ear right now. Branded Quickfire, highest rated segment on any podcast. Oh, that is breaking news right there. Greg, breaking I'm going to ask you five lightning round questions. Don't think too hard. Don't think too long. Here we go. Are you ready, sir? Yep. Favorite thing to do in the summer? Uh, golf. Where are you getting dinner from tonight? So actually eating at Uchi's with a bunch of people down in Houston while I'm here for the TRA show. Nice. What's your favorite food city in the world? Chicago. Hands down. Best in the world. Hands down. Where is your favorite place to travel? So Disney, because I love the level of service and the way they install culture in the cast. So it's a learning experience. It reminds me that if they can do it with that level, we can do it in our levels. Love it. Okay. This is where things get a little, 
little dicey. If you were a contestant on the former game show, <laughs> Supermarket Sweep, sure you've seen it, taking a cart, running around, grabbing stuff on the aisles, and you had to go head-to-head with either Jimmy Rye for the final sweep, who do you have better odds of beating in Supermarket Sweep? This guy, Shatsy the restaurant guy, who's very fast, or Jimbo the finance guy who... <laughs> First off, I don't need odds to beat either of you, but I have to say Jimmy. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't think Jimmy's ever been to a supermarket. I respect that. I think I think I would – the only reason I challenge that, I think Shatsy would lose interest. Like he gets to the cereal section. He would see too many variety. He'd basically <laughs> – yeah. But I respect the answer. Certainly if it, when it comes to wiry and, and – and KG, Shatsy, uh, Shatsy would kick my butt. I think you'd have better odds of be beating me too. Listen, Greg, we want to thank you so much for joining us on the podcast. Your second time. We appreciate you. We appreciate your team. Uh, we love what you're doing with Crayworthy, and and we aspire and look forward uh, to not just watching uh, your growth, but uh, being part and supporting your growth uh, in every way we can. If you want to get in touch with Greg directly. Uh, you can email the podcast team at podcast at brandedstrategic.com. We'd be happy to make the introduction. And to our listeners, as always, we want to thank you for tuning in. Our subscriber base, our downloads every month is just growing exponentially, which allows us to work with amazing companies, uh, including our work, uh, who's our, our current sponsor. And we so appreciate what they're doing, not just for the industry, but specifically for Branded and the Hospitality Hangout. So our work, we appreciate you. Please visit their website at ourwork.com. Jatsy, no jingle for our work? Ourwork.com. There you go. Well done. Um, And so, no, I think you said it, Chatsy. But anyway, we do want to show our appreciation to them. So, Greg, thank you, my friend. Uh, And this is Jimmy Frischman, your finance guy, signing off and passing it back to my boy, Chatsy, to close us out. And thanks, Jimbo Shatsy, restaurant guy. Thanks, everybody. Just wanted to give a shout out. It's CraveworthyBrands.com. CraveworthyBrands.com. Uh, check it out and look look in the news. He's buying four brands. We believe one will be an Indian brand. We're not sure, but stay tuned. Big things <laughs> happening from Greg and Craveworthy Brands. Cheers, everybody. Cheers, guys. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.